Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. And I think that's very normal, that, and it will change each time we do it, which is why this somatic practice is so lovely, because, you know, you're... Now, we have a physical body, obviously, and you know, we don't suddenly grow an extra leg or have two heads. But the, the felt sense, you know, our actual inner experience of our body is completely different from the actual physical body that we have. You know, mostly we don't, like Erica said, we, you know, we discount the extremities unless they're hurt. And you know, there's just very small patches of you know, awareness. But as we do this um, more and more, it's, it's like um, you know, a child that's been ignored, consistently ignored for many years, and eventually they kind of give up complaining or they give up making any noise. They just go into themselves and become completely quiet. They don't want to draw attention to themselves anymore. And then if some adult then actually starts to show them some love and show them attention, then they'll kind of be suspicious and they'll maybe say a few words, but then with, uh, with more and more attention and love, they start to really start to chat and they start to tell stories and they start to kind of alive. And it's kind of like that with our bodies, with our soma. You know, they, they're like neglected, it's like a neglected child that we've been so busy up in our thinking mind that we've kind of neglected it. And so when we first come into it, it might be very reticent. It might just have very small things. But then when we practice, when we make this part of our daily practice to kind of turn the lights from here inwards, downwards, and backwards, then this whole space starts to get really chatty. It's got loads to say. It's got lots of information. It's full of rich, riches. Um, and, it, and, it, and it is really the only way that I've found to um, consistently access that field of awareness that, if you like, is the, is the adult who's paying attention to the child. You know, it's, it's, you're not thinking about your body. That's what, it's been, that's what it's had to put up with for years. You're just feeling into your body. You're shining or you're opening to this field of awareness that's like, ah, oh, this is what it feels like in my heart. This is what it feels like at the front. This is what it feels like at the back. This is what it feels like in the middle today, right now. And, you know, the next time you sit down and open your awareness into your body, it might be all topsy-turvy. It doesn't really matter. But it's this growing um, intimacy with your own inner world that is the foundation of, of Maitri. You, know, you can't love yourself if you don't know yourself. And you can't know yourself through your th thoughts. You can only know yourself through this kind of awareness, this inner awareness. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting subject. We often talk about this on these somatic courses about what visualization. And, uh, you know, there was a while where I was like, no, visualization is bad because, you know, it's like, it's like you're thinking. But actually, I've come to change my mind a bit about that in the sense that sometimes um, it depends whether it's top down or bottom up. You know, sometimes when we go into our soma, these images come up spontaneously. They come bottom up. They kind of, you're in the soma, you're in the space, you're breathing in there and like, it's like a cave or it's red or it's, you know, 
it's opening backwards or it's like closing in, you know. And your kind of, your awareness is kind of giving you these images to kind of articulate what it's seeing, what it's feeling. Where it becomes a problem is when you go, okay, I go down the steps of my spine and I step into this, open a door and then there's a cave. And, because then you're just telling a story to yourself. And then your thinking mind is dictating what you're going to find. So it's no, lo no longer a treasure hunt, it's a kind of route march. So, you know, very often images spontaneously arise out of our somatic experience. And these are very precious, and they can be very helpful as, as sort of somatic markers or as kind of gateways into experience. So, for example, the whole kind of opening back, you know, that's an image in a way, kind of the trap door at the back of the heart or the gateway at the back of the heart. Uh, we do, and we just have to be careful that we don't kind of march ourselves down to the heart, go, where's the gate, where's the gate? You know, it's, it's much more of a kind of organic, bottom-up uh, thing than that. But I, I've come to realize that, you know, very often the kind of the soma does speak to us, um, speak to awareness in images. Or rather, you know, you, and later when we start to communicate with our parts, they very often use imagery. We often work with them in a kind of... Um, it's, it's like in Jungian analysis. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like Carl Gustav Jung is a famous student of Freud and analyst. And he, he taught about a thing called active imagination, where you sort of kind of... You relax and you go into your soma and you just follow the thread. You maybe start off you know, somewhere and then you just... Whatever comes up, you just go with it. So you're kind of improvising with whatever material arises. You're not telling yourself a story. So it's, it's more in that kind of vein. Those of you who've done some of this work before may know this thing about the three levels of the breath. We use the breath really very much like that, like almost like a kind of you know, the image I like is like a lap... Does anyone know what a laparoscopic probe is? I keep on saying it. <laughs> you know, in keyhole surgery. In keyhole surgery, where they kind of... They put a very small kind of tube in, and then they can see inside you. It shines a light inside you, but it's very, very pinpoint. It kind of... Like keyhole surgery, it's like it's tiny little spaces inside the body. And we can use the breath like that. It's sort of like... Sort of fine edge of the in-breath. It kind of really goes in very detailed, and you can see... Stuff on a sort of very macroscopic uh, level, and um, and and sometimes we can also use it to kind of just open up space. It's like the, like the lovely image of like the breath, like fingers, but that that idea of and again, it's just following the kind of bottom-up imagery that kind of arises to clear, to open space, and to let this awareness in because the the breath is a very good gateway into what's happening. And then when we are aware of what's happening, then we can also be aware of the awareness. It's like the light. We can turn the light on something and we can see, oh, it's a, it's a fear or it's a, it's a desire. But then you can also go, oh, but there's also light. What is this thing that's casting the light? This is the, 
This is a thing that become, makes us start to become confident and aware that that light, that light of awareness, um, is constant. It's always there. Don't have to generate it. One, one word to describe what Trumpa actually uses to describe this state of awareness that we are investigating, this kind of the backspace, the inner light, whatever you want to call it, is ordinary mind. So that this is actually the, the mind that is just ordinary, it's just everywhere, it's in everything, it's, it's just the, the nature of the universe, it's just this kind of constant... Of, of awareness that is sort of in everything and we kind of key into, we can kind of lean back into and sometimes we experience that as warmth you know, it's all, they're all just images really you know, sometimes it's warmth, sometimes it's light sometimes it's a vibration but this, the common thread of it is this, it's this kind of universal quality of awareness it's what makes things exist. It's the kind of quality of awareness that we can kind of key into. And the most effective way I've found of keying into it is through using the body, using the soma. Because the soma is completely designed, if you think about it, we were somatic animals for, you know, 20 million years before we were thinking animals. You know, our bodies, our somatic bodies, are attuned to the universe in a much more profound way than our thinking minds, which are little you know, recent appendages. But we have become hypnotized by our thinking minds and turned our back on the soma, which receives this awareness all the time. And as we'll explore this afternoon, our thinking minds are afraid of it in some ways. There's quite a lot of resistance to just relaxing into this open space. It feels overwhelming, it feels out of control, it doesn't feel safe. Even though paradoxically it's actually the safest place you can be. And that's what we're going to start, and in some ways that is the essence of Maitri, is starting to look at the parts of our psyche, the parts of our being that are afraid or resistant or um, militant against the open space, against the ordinary mind. And this is where um, uh, Maitri becomes so liberating. Because if we can work with those parts, then we can just relax into this state all the time. We can live from ordinary mind. We can live from this state of what uh, Reggie calls pure awareness. Other people call the unborn mind or the Buddha nature. That can be just our, where we live from all the time. And from our little part mind, our little selves, it's like, well, that's ridiculous, that's impossible, I can't possibly, you know, I have to be like that. Uh, but working with Maitri, is, as, as, as Trumpa says, you know, we can just relax. Everything becomes more delightful, more spacious. We can stick our head out into the world and be more confident of this kind of baseline quality of okayness and tenderness and warmth, which is the basis of all you know, compassion training or metta bhavna, whatever you want to call it. It's really channeling and uh, training ourselves to receive and then eventually transmit this um, 
this open-hearted awareness into the world. So the somatic path is really one of just relaxing into that field. And finding it for ourselves, it has to be our own lived experience. It's not a thought. It's not like, oh, he said it's this, so then I'm going to go home and think about that. It's actually, you, you can feel it. You can do things in your body, sometimes dropping the chin, softening the neck, relaxing the shoulders, deepening the voice, taking a few breaths, taking a wink. Also, there's all sorts of kind of pathways into it. And you'll find your own particular pathway. And then, you know, in the middle of the day, you can you get totally lost out there and you're you know, hypnotized by all your parts screaming at you to do this, to do that. And you can just take a breath or relax the shoulders or lean back or close your eyes or whatever the, you know, the pathway is. And ah, you're back in that basic space. Thank you for listening and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.